What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Noobs Podcast. My name is Solomon Ali at Red Nation Noobs on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Not on Twitter. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. Uh, as we sit here today, the Rockets are one and two. I don't really know where to, where to start. Here's here's a stat. There are two teams in the NBA that have a negative three point four net rating and one and two record. Can you name them? Uh, well, I. Oh boy, uh, I'm guessing one is the Rockets. Yes. Though, given the question, and then oh boy, who else is one and two right now? Um, you can't cheat. Is it, is it like the Celtics or something? No, they won't. They're two and one, right? It is the uh, Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks. Yeah. Oh boy, that's yeah. not very encouraging. That is not that is not great company. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. Uh, I, I guess we could just start with that Pelicans game. This just that's probably the most appropriate start. I mean, okay, so I was there, and that environment was just strange because half a press row, and even the fans, every, like a lot of people were focused on that Astros game that was going on at the same time. And the it was a home opener, and the environment was weird. James Harden got his MVP presented to him uh, by Tillman Fertitta. It was and. Vertito was talking about how the Rockets have to win at least 60 games on the mic, and it was just it was just a weird uh, uh, beginning atmosphere. And, you know, it was a packed house, and pe- I think generally people were still excited about this game. Yeah, it's they just, they just <laughs> the bed. First night of the season, they just, they came into, the, <laughs> they came into their home arena, and they just got murdered. Like, from start to finish, just murdered. Miritich was just bombing away out that them uh Julius Randle and Anthony Davis were killing them it's just their their little trio unit of Miritich Randle and Anthony Davis was just preposterously good against them like like Anthony like not Anthony Davis Nikola Miritich had 35 points like that should not be yeah. happening that's ridiculous. yeah <laughs> ever yeah he was and he was just getting open three after open three after open three he just would not miss and it just feels like and and in the preseason it never felt like this with the Rockets like like we we were keeping up with the numbers throughout the preseason, and you could, I mean, they were fine. Yeah, they, were, they, they looked were, fine in preseason. They they were a pretty good team in preseason. They looked like a version of the of last year's Rockets. And going into this, I mean, just right now, I I haven't. We've only seen like spurts 
of last year's Rockets. We haven't we have not yet seen last year's Rockets actualized for an entire game. Like the fourth quarter of last night's Lakers game, you could say, okay, yeah, that's last year's Rockets. They allowed eighteen points. Um, they outscored the Lakers like crazy. They were hitting the threes at a good rate. Uh, James Harden was playing like James Harden, but overall they just haven't been as sharp. And I think we talked, we touched upon this in like our preseason pod, like observation series. Like I, I thought they were like ten to fifteen percent worse, uh, just eyeball tests, and they look like thirty to forty percent worse right now. They look absolutely terrible. I mean, they just, they're just not sharp at all. And I'm not sure what it is. It might be Jeff Bizdelic. It might be the new defensive personnel. I just don't think they're just sh- like I, I think a lot of this is just like sharp. They're not. They're not sharp. They just look disjointed. Yeah. Well, they they didn't have Bizdelic for the preseason. They looked a lot better in the preseason. Right. Uh, I though here's the difference between preseason and a regular season. Nobody's really going very hard in the preseason. Everyone's kind of taking it easy. Uh, and so it, there's a very real possibility, and I think even more than a possibility, it's a likelihood that a lot of this is that the Rockets are still just kind of taking it easy. They don't really seem to be relishing the idea of another long slog back to the postseason so they can have another slog back to the conference finals so they can have another knockdown drag out fight with the Golden State Warriors, right? They kind of, they and everyone else want to just get right back to that that situation. I mean, we saw this with the with the Clippers a lot, a lot when Chris Paul's in the Clippers that they look tired of all those regular seasons. Teams get tired of the regular season, and I think that while this team hasn't really, like the, this Chris Paul and James Harden core hasn't really been together all that long, they've both been doing this for a very long time. So it's not surprising to me that they look, kind of look like they're done already. I mean. The Golden State Warriors look exactly the same way. They just lost the Nuggets, who are good, but like this is the Warriors we're talking about, right? They shouldn't be losing to teams like this unless they really just don't care and don't want to be there. And they don't have the luxury that the Warriors do of being able to do that and still get the benefit of the doubt. Is that what this is? like? It's part of it, at least. It's a yeah. lot of it. Yeah, but I mean, like, what have the Rockets done to deserve to not care for a regular season? I mean, yeah, they, they, they made a deep playoff run yes, last year. I get it. But this this team has not won a championship. Like, I, you, you can't have championship fatigue. I mean, I, like, whatever, the disease or more, whatever, you can't have that now. Like, you just can't, especially after the entire NBA world is saying you've taken a step back. You can't go into the season and prove them right. <laughs> Yeah, the Rockets look worse defensively and offensively. And offensively, yeah. they should still be elite. I don't understand why yeah. they aren't elite on that end of the floor. I I think it's because they're kind of out of shape. They're kind of uh, out of shape mentally. They're not really ready. And I do think they took a step back defensively, but it shouldn't be this big of a step back defensively. They haven't held anybody below 115 yet, and it's only three games, but. That's a lot of points. They're 24th uh, in the league in defensive rating. 24th. They were 6th last year. Like, that's nuts. Like, you, you've you taken that big of a step back defensively. Like, I, I just have a hard, hard time believing that it's, like, championship fatigue. Like, I, I, you know what? Like, it's just everybody, 1 through 5, just except for P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker is playing his ass off. And, you know, prop, hats off to him. He's the only one. Like, James Harden, good God, on these, off the ball, he looks, like, 
2013 James Harden right now. Like, all those gifs that people made about James Harden, like, back then, like, they're playing out to the... Like, thank God no one really makes those anymore because otherwise you could make a good compilation here. Like, it's just he's getting <laughs> beat on every backdoor yeah, possible. But but, yeah, but it's the whole team also. Like, I... I don't know. I, I do think that they lost something with Bizdalek. I think they lost something with Ariza. I think they lost something with uh, with Lucas Chardenbaugh, Mute. I think they gained something with Ennis, but they look like they don't care. Uh, they look out of it. They also look like Melo is terrible and Michael Carter Williams is terrible. Yeah, let's let's talk about um, let's talk about Michael Carter Williams for a second. So. Game one, I thought he did okay. Yeah, you know, he missed he, he badly missed two threes, but I thought generally he looked okay, like attacking the basket. Like he, he was fast and he looked really, really spry. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, he had he had effort and some athleticism and like good tools that may be good in future and yeah, it was a decent effort in the first game. Right. And games two and three, he just complete like let's talk about game two. Okay, so I, I know you didn't get to watch last night's Lakers game, but Game two, he just completely destroyed the the Rockets' spacing. I mean, like the Lakers were doubling off of him and guarding better, you know, players like Eric Gordon, James Harden. Like, like they're just leaving him alone out there, like nine feet away, and they were they they did not care. They they didn't respect him in the slightest. And props to Luke Walton. Why should they respect him? The guy's like probably the worst three point shooter in the NBA. That's not hyperbole. He might be. Yeah. Of people who actually try occasionally. Like, he's just, like, unguardable. And because of that, it destroys the Rockets' basic. And the Rockets can't afford to play him in lineups that don't have four shooters. Otherwise, they're just they're just barbecue. I mean, they're just screwed. Their offense gets completely disjointed when he's on the floor with them. And he's especially when he's just standing there. He's just standing there in corners. And I'm like, dude, you cannot shoot. You have to move. You have yeah, to keep cutting. It's not doing any good. It's just letting there be a like a, a free safety out there on defense. Right. You you cannot just afford to stand there. You, you know why Dwayne Wade was such an effective floor spacer, even though he was not a good shooter. He was one of the best cutters in the NBA for the longest time. And and you yeah. you, you don't have to be Dwayne Wade, like in terms of that level of cutting, but you have to form some facsimile of that because at this point in your NBA career, you are fighting for a job, my my dude. Like you have to find ways to be vi- viable on offense. And if you can't find ways to be viable without the basketball, you're you're just cooked. Like you, you're going to be waived pretty damn soon if you can't afford to be on the basketball court. And I think the Rockets really miss Brandon Knight here, honestly. Like I think Brandon Knight would be a decent replacement for Michael Carter Williams you know an idealized version of Brandon I realize he's coming off an ACL tear so a healthy Brandon Knight would be a good replacement for these minutes but the, the problem is the Rockets don't have a healthy Brandon Knight and they're not going to get yeah. him for like at least another two weeks like he's 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 progressing well from what the Rockets are saying you know off this off this knee injury but they're not going to get him for a, a, a good bit and in that, in the meantime, the, Rock- the Rockets need to get good minutes off of MCW, and if MCW is just destroying their offense like this, I mean, I, and the Rockets have done some smart things, like in terms of making it bring the ball up instead of having to stand still in the corner. Like I think that's a smart way to use them, like bring have them bring the ball up because defenders can't sag off of you if you have the ball in your hands. The Rockets are having to rely on a lot of Gerald Green right now, like like yeah, way too much. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni is just. 
has the quick trigger with MCW right now. Like, he's developed that within three games. Like, the minute MCW starts screwing up for consecutive possessions, he gets pulled and, and Gerald Green subs right back in. Like, it's just, it's just a vicious cycle right now. And uh, also, like, I guess we can talk about Melo. I think you, like, you have a lot more thoughts on Melo than I do. Uh, you, you want to take the reins Well. Here? It's it's really it's really just the one thought about Mello, uh, and the thought is that he's bad. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know if he's suitable to play on this or maybe any other NBA team right now. I think the game passed him by. Uh, he definitely was not being used well in in Oklahoma City, and he seems to be in like a better role in Houston. But he just looks slow and bad. I don't know. Like he's he's older, right? He's thirty four. He's getting older. He has a lot of NBA minutes on him. He, he He's a step behind everybody out there. His defense is execrable. His offense isn't even good. He was tired tonight, obviously. Uh, I would. Uh, it looks like he played a lot against the Lakers, and he had a very high plus-minus somehow, but he had a uh, plus-minus exactly as bad as you might think tonight. He was in minus 18. Uh, he can't hit layups. He can barely hit jumpers. Like there was a few times where any time he would shoot, I would just basically scream no, and a couple times they went in. But I don't like seeing him shoot. I don't have any faith in his shot. I don't have any faith in his ability to like operate within the offense. I don't have any faith in his ability to defend anything. I don't really know what he's doing there. Uh, it's hard to tell what he's adding to the team exactly, other than being, I guess, an upgrade over Ryan Anderson, who was the same except he couldn't drive at all. Uh, so I don't get it. Uh, I was worried this would happen. Maybe he learns how to fit in better, but I really feel like the fewer minutes of Melo they can have, the better. Yeah, defensively, he's just been... I mean, he's been as bad as advertised defensively. And he, he, what's ironic is these are the two players we were raving about in our last podcast, in our preseason observation podcast. Like, they were fitting in so brilliantly in the preseason, and it just has not transferred over at all. To the regular yeah. season it's just and i'm so glad we started that podcast with that caveat right off the top rope this is preseason please don't take anything we say seriously because good god if anybody listened to us on that last podcast like god help you because this is just i mean nothing's translated nothing nothing yeah. from the preseason i mean pretty much james harden and his offense is translated and nothing else and like i just i i don't know what it's going to take to turn this to turn things around. I, I, I'm going to add the caveat that it's been three games. So this is more of a yellow flag right now, but yeah, th- it's not it's not the worst it's ever been. And we know about the worst it's ever been. It's bad, but it's not irreparably bad. Right. Like, like a, a lot of teams look sluggish right now, and it's been a really weird opening week. Like the best teams in the league are probably like the Pelicans and the Nuggets, I guess. Right now, it's really weird. Uh but we'll see. It, it's this does not look great for them. Maybe it's a little bit of wake up call. I, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do about their defense. I mean, in the first half of this game against the Clippers, their defense looked pretty decent, but it fell off pretty quickly. <laughs> I think to a certain degree, they do have like a bit of a championship hangover in that they did the closest thing you can get to winning a championship in the modern NBA. They took the Warriors to seven games. They got the MVP for their guy James Harden. Uh, I don't know what else you can have. I mean, they more or less won what passes for a championship in this ring lock era. So I think they do have a little bit of that hangover. They're they're just kind of happy to be here, as it were. Uh, they weren't really expecting how tough this is going to be getting back to that same point. 
they're just they're gonna have to just deal with it i don't know <laughs> i think i think about half of this is them just having to adjust their mentalities and i guess partially their conditioning to just 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 deal and power through yeah and by the way these 15 games these first 15 to 20 games aren't anything to sneeze at like i i'm just gonna Good. tell you right now like the first 15 20 games in the nba like traditionally the data tells you those those first 15 to 20 games are what you are after those first 15 games if you haven't shown something you're not you're probably not going to show something for the rest of the season generally those those eight playoff teams that are in after the 15 game mark are going to be the same eight teams of the other year generally your team is going to be as good as it was you know at the end of the season at that 15 game mark like it's very important it's very like, like the data we're collecting now while yes we don't have a lot of it yet like once it's it valid. starts yeah, yeah once we start collecting more and more of it it's it's it starts to get more and more alarming and you know like the rockets like it's it's not just their defense it's like they're a hustle to grab rebounds i mean in this clippers game like oh, they just yeah, got, got out rebounded so badly they they were they were getting cooked like it wasn't just Montrez Harrell. Oh, by the way, Montrez Harrell was a beast tonight, an absolute beast, uh, just bullying the Rockets. Like and Clint Capella and Carmelo Anthony and, and anybody who tried to guard him, he was just a beast. I mean, like okay, on the glass tonight, let's just take rebounds in total out of it. On the offensive glass, the Rockets got out rebounded twelve to six. Twelve to six. You can't let a team get twelve offensive boards on you they got so many second chance boards and it just led to so much second chance off like like the clippers only had 14 seconds to work with off of these offensive boards because remember the, the rule changed this year so you only have 14 seconds off of an offensive rebound and they still took advantage of it and like that that just can't happen on on the on the regular glass they got out rebounded 49 to 35 that's that that differential is just insane you're not going to win basketball games like this the only reason it was it was even slightly close it was because james harden's just in a monster on offense like that's it funny funny story also both teams took the same number of field goals in that game which is which is weird given the rebounding differential but uh, the Clippers took a lot more free throws because they were getting fouled by the Rockets all the time because the Rockets were not sufficiently defending them before they got to the rim and the amount of shots the Rockets missed at the rim tonight, I mean, it was just Eric Gordon missed a couple. Uh, James Harden missed a couple. Like, it was like Carmelo Anthony missed a couple. Like, it was like left and right, guys were missing shots at the rim. They just don't look sharp. Uh, they have they have some time to turn things around, but right now it's just, as a, as a collective unit, they have not looked as sharp as they should be. And, again, at the 15-game mark, that's it, man. Like you are what you are at the 15 game. Unless you have a major player coming back from injury, um, you, you're you're not gonna get any better. You're not gonna get any better. Yeah. Uh, we should probably note that Chris Chris Paul just got suspended. <laughs> <laughs> For, yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Hours ago, too. It took them really long to reveal what the suspension was gonna be. Yeah. To be fair, they're used to having like a day or two, but the Rockets were playing a game tonight. So uh, Kiki Vanderway and Adam Silver had to little had to scramble a little bit. Um. Yeah. Should we talk about that? Okay. So, did you get a chance to watch? Yeah. The, I the saw clips? some of the, I saw some of the disjointed videos. Uh, if you can give like a full rundown of what happened to 
sort of give me the geography of my mind, that would be nice. Okay, this is funny. Yeah, I gotta be. I gotta be honest. This is funny to me. Uh, one of those "what the hell just happened" NBA moments uh, that we've had so many of, uh, especially with the Rockets. By the way, oh my God, they've, the Rockets have had a lot. Them in them in Staples Center. Yeah, yeah. It's they've they've had a lot. But okay, yeah. So James Harden went up for a layup, got fouled by Brandon Ingram. And uh, after the foul, Brandon Ingram just randomly pushed James Harden, like it did just just to shove. And James Harden didn't react; he just kind of looked at him like, "What the hell are you doing, dog?" And uh, and he Brandon Ingram got a technical. And then like Chris Paul and Ray John Rondo were getting into it in the background of all this. Like it, they they would. Yeah. Like by the way, these guys have a history together. Like they despise each other. Like, and this is like a league open secret. Like this is. This isn't anything new here. Everybody's known about this. And, like, going back to when Chris Paul was on New Orleans and, and Rondo was on the, the Celtics when they were a young burgeoning contender, like, they were just at each other's throats. These guys are, like, almost the same person in terms of their mentality and, like, their demeanors. Like, it's it's, it's funny. Like, these guys just absolutely despise each other. And they're, they're going at it. Like, I think Rondo... So, the dispute was this morning, and it was funny watching people go Zapruder film on this. <laughs> um, Rondo apparently spit on Chris Paul, right? And and that's and that's been a hotly contested topic on Twitter and by both teams. the The Rockets contest that he did spit, and the and the the Lakers contest contest that he didn't spit. And once you look at the the, I guess the Athletic caught some video today of some of an on court video of. It's pretty clear that Rondo definitely emitted something towards Chris Paul from his mouth. <laughs> that's that's a yeah weird sentence, but I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there was something there. It's, that's just a it was just a grainy video. Once you zoom in, right there, there was something coming out of his mouth. It was a and like I guess like there were different there were multiple camera angles on this and like. People, there were a lot of people that thought Carmelo Anthony was actually the person that spit on Chris Paul. Because if you look at it from a back angle, it looks like Carmelo, at that exact moment that Rondo spit, faced Chris Paul and was barking in his direction. And and, and Chris Paul visibly wiped something off of his face. And, uh, yeah, so that happened. And then both of the, both of the two got into, like, a, a huge brawl. Like, Rondo... Well, for, let, me, let me just start with... Chris Paul pointed his finger at Ray John Rondo uh, in his face, like after he spit on him, and then both of them just start punching each other. And the punches were connecting too; like that, that almost never happens in the NBA. Uh, yeah, but, usually it's just like wild swings. Yeah, usually it's hold me back, right? Like it ne- they never actually connect on these on these punches. So yeah, and we were expecting like a five to ten game punishment from this from the league office because that's traditionally what they do. With situations like this, and there were both everybody got off easy. I mean, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram got the heaviest punishment with a four-game sentence. Um, Ray John Rondo got out with a three-game sentence. Chris Paul got out with a two-game sentence, which I thought was pretty was pretty lenient by the league office. Uh, on yeah, across every, the board. Yeah, on yeah. everybody's account. Like it was like. By the way, Brandon Ingram interjected within that fight and took a swing at Chris Paul. <laughs> what? <laughs> He threw a swing in there, and uh, he got he got suspended for four games. So yeah, as of this moment, uh, Chris Paul has served a one game sentence, and he's going to come back after this Jazz game. So the Rockets are going to be without Chris Paul in this Jazz game 
on Wednesday, and it's going to be damn hard to win. I mean, it's going to be... I mean, this Jazz team is good. And I mean good, good. They almost beat the Warriors, like, just a, a couple nights ago, if not and for... They barely, <laughs> and uh, they, they had a nice tight one with the Kings, but the Kings are really feisty right now. Yeah, the ja- they're going to be without Chris Paul in this Jazz game. And I got to be honest, I don't know how the Rockets can possibly win. They're going to be at home to their favor. And uh, I, they're going to get some guys back. I think Nene is going to come back uh, by that time. Like, he was in uniform tonight, and he did, he just didn't play. But I think he'll be back for that Jazz game. And I I think I think it'll be a competitive game. I just don't see how they close it out without Chris Paul. I just don't. The way they're playing right now, like, maybe last year's Rockets, you could say, okay, they, they have a good chance here. But this year's Rockets right now, I don't know how they can possibly win this game without Chris Paul. Chris Paul is just going to be so crucial for them this year if they keep playing like this. Well, I have a feeling that we'll be trying to figure out what the Rockets are for quite a while. They do this a lot, though, where as soon as you think you have them figured out, it turns out you don't, and they're doing something completely different than what you thought they were going to do. So, I don't know. I mean, we're going to say that they'll probably lose to the Jazz, and I think they will probably lose to the Jazz. But then maybe this like randomly win by thirty or lose by forty. I don't know. There's no predicting this team right now. They look they're a very talented team that is very disjointed and is not giving sufficient mental and physical effort. So uh, those kind of teams are really hard to predict and you don't know what you're gonna get night to night, but you're gonna be irritated by it. Yeah, very inconsistent. Very inconsistent across the board. Uh, that's probably the best word way to describe it. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we might just look like total idiots again in a, a week from now, and they just you know rattle off some wins and look like I looked before. Right. Or they look even worse. Just no telling. And you're right about how the Rockets do this stuff where like we think we have them figured out, and then they do something like crazy. Like I remember last season, they inexplicably they inexplicably lost five games in a row. Do you remember that? Like they, they sure did. That, yeah, they, that sure was worrying. Yeah, and we we all thought within that stretch, we all thought they were just a bad team. And it was just, it was just a strange. They look like it. They yeah. just look like it. Yeah, and m- maybe they're having that right now. And if if so, I mean that's it's gonna completely screw with our heads until we get a good handle on this team. Um, yeah, it, I'm gonna raise a yellow flag. I'm gonna raise a yellow. I'm not. It's not red. It's yellow. I'm gonna raise a yellow flag yeah. for this team. Uh, this is it's it's not great. It's not great at all right now. Uh, they're, they're they're about to start the season one and three, which is never ideal. Uh, and they're going to be behind the eight ball. They're going to have to win like five out of seven games or something, go on some stretch where they're just tearing up teams. And, I mean, their schedule is going to get easier. They start off with some terrible matchups. The Pelicans are are not a good matchup for them. No, they're really not. Yeah, they're Uh, they're just like the – I mean, this is not like a this year thing. They've Year in and year out, they've just been a really bad matchup for the Rockets. The Rockets can't deal with their size. And in general, the Rockets aren't built to handle size very well. They're built to beat the Warriors. Now they're not built to beat the Pelicans. They're just not built to beat these teams that that kill you on the glass like this. Yep. Well, thankfully, they only play the Pelicans three more times this season. Yeah, I th- I think we're good here. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at Red Nation News. Follow Forrest on Twitter at Do Nots. And yeah, guys, good night.
Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.